Well, we have a few minutes here this morning, and you're all probably wondering why you got these little baggies with crackers in them. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. But I'd like to first of all take you to the scriptures today, and I'm going to throw something at Roy here a minute. Roy, we're going to read some of the scriptures from the Bible, and they're not in my PowerPoint. So I don't know if you can pull up Genesis chapter 45, verses 1 through 15, but that's where I'm going to start. So Genesis chapter 45, verses 1 through 15. This is the story of Joseph and his brothers. The end of the story. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers, and he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. And then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there has been a famine in the land. And for the next five years there will be... Not There will not be plowing and reaping, but God sent me ahead of you to preserve you for a remnant of, on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of the entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and all you have. I will provide for you here because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. So you can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father about all the honor accorded to me in Egypt and about everything you have seen, and bring my father down here quickly. And then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin, and he wept. And Benjamin embraced him, weeping, and he kissed all his brothers, and they wept over them. And afterwards, his brothers talked with him. A story from the Old Testament, a story of a family that was torn in terms of their relationships over a period of time. But also I want to take you to Matthew. And you don't have this one, Roy, either. It's Matthew chapter 15, verses 10 through 20. A New Testament story where Jesus is talking to his disciples Jesus called the crowd to him and he said, listen and understand what goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean, but what comes out of his mouth, this is what makes him unclean. Then the disciples came to him and they asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into a pit. Peter explained said to him, explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull, Jesus asked them? Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, 
And these make a man unclean. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what make a man unclean. But eating with unwashed hands does not make him unclean. This is the word of the Lord. This has been a summer, a summer in which we have been discussing hot topics. And luckily today it's not that hot outside. It's kind of cooled down. And so maybe we think we ought to cool down those topics as well. Just this week, Pastor Chuck shared with us a little bit of what he had read in your church magazine. He read that 55% of pastors can identify one or more topics on which they would not preach at all or only sparingly because the sermon could negatively affect their hearer's willingness to attend the church in the future. And so pastors across America, these are the topics they will not preach about. They don't want to preach about politics. 38% won't do that. 23% will not preach on homosexuality. 18% will not preach on abortion. 17% will not preach on same-sex marriage. 17% will not preach on war. 13% will not preach about women's role in the church or the home. 13% will not preach on the doctrine of election. 7% will not preach on hell. And 3% will not preach on money. So, since we've pretty much broken the rules this summer... And preached on those kinds of things at North and South. (laughs) Why shouldn't we just jump into another hot topic this morning? And it was a new command that Jesus had given his disciples. It was this. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So the hot topic or the question is, does the world know that we are his disciples by the way we love one another? Or we could put it this way. The hot topic is relationships within the church body. Interestingly, I've just read two different stories. One was about a family who didn't always get along. And the other was about a group of disciples that were walking with Jesus and having a discussion about whether you needed to wash your hands before eating food. (laughs) And it may seem like a rather odd combination, but there is a thread that connects the two of these stories. Because within them, we find the key to relationships within the body of Christ. Now, Pastor Chuck is always drilling into us. The scripture, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as himself. This is the call to all of Jesus' followers. This is what we are called to do. It is our template for life. It is our job, if you want to call it that, as believers to fall desperately in love with God. To become radically transformed into his image. And then out of that flows out this incredible love for other people that are around us. You see, that's why he told his disciples that the world would know them by the way they loved one another. Because he knew that when this relationship was right, then this relationship would flow out of it. He knew that that was different than the rest of the world. And all we have to do is listen to the news. And we know that it is not normal in our world for people to love one another. 
Why do we have wars? We've always had wars. We're always fighting against one another. Jesus said, I want them to look at you people in the church. I want them to look at my bride and say, look how they love one another. Holiness is seen in the life of an individual who loves God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and their neighbor as themselves. And I've often heard my husband talk about this. He'll say, now who's your closest neighbor? Well, let's start with this. Your closest neighbor is your family. And if you're married, your closest neighbor is your spouse. And, you know, it's within these family relationships that at times we really can mess things up. Let's look at Joseph and his brothers for a minute. What happened there? Now, Joseph, if you read the story, the whole story, I mean, this was a rather prideful and smug teenager. He was a young man that had the special outfit that he got from dad, you know, the robe of all the little colors, and he would put that thing on, and he would run around his big brothers, and he would brag about what he had. And then he'd brag about the things that he dreamed about, and he was just kind of going at it. He was that younger brother that knew how to push the right buttons to drive his older brothers crazy, and he did it. But at the same time, they let it get to them. And they became jealous of him. And they allowed their jealousy to feed. And they would talk among one another. And finally they decided they would all be better off by getting rid of that little brother. They were willing to allow their jealousy to destroy their entire relationship with their brother. So let's fast forward a few years. The brothers are older and they recognize the consequences of their childish behavior. They realize that their decision had so deeply hurt their father. They had to live with the guilt for the rest of their lives. They were living with the guilt that they thought they had literally killed their little brother. Joseph, too, had to live with all the consequences of their behavior, his and theirs. He grew up separated from his family and especially from the mother that he dearly loved, never saw her ever again. He had to try and make a new life for himself among strangers, and he found himself in trouble on more than one occasion. However, the end of that story today says this. And then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin, and he wept. And Benjamin embraced him weeping, and he kissed all his brothers, and he wept over them. And afterward, his brothers talked with him. Can you imagine the emotion in the room that day? All the pent-up years of pain that just broke loose and these brothers went from fear to forgiveness. They hugged, they wept, they kissed, and their relationship was set right. And this is God's intention, that our relationships be set right. But what gets in the way? of our relationships, whether in our families, with our closest neighbors, or even among believers. I want us to look a little bit at that parable this morning. Matthew 15:10 again, Jesus called the crowd and he said, Listen and understand, what goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean, but what comes out of his mouth, that's what makes him unclean. And then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you know what the Pharisees, you know, did you know they're offended when they heard what you said? Now, I just want you to know something. The Pharisees had been kind of listening in at the edges. And what's interesting, Jesus calls the crowd to him. He's like, come on over here. 
I'm willing to speak up against these Pharisees. The Pharisees were arguing with Jesus because they said, your disciples ate food without washing their hands first. I mean, these guys were standing on the edges ready to pick on him for just about anything that they could. Now, I have to tell you something. We lived in Russia 13 years, and over there we have this saying. It's called babushka's rule. Babushka's is the word for grandma. And Russian grandmas pretty much run the country. You might think politically there's political leaders. No, it's the Russian grandmas. They run the place. And there were mornings. (laughs) There were mornings that I would tell my girls, now please put on a hat today. And they'd go, Mom, it's not that cold. I know it's not that cold, but would you please put on a hat today? Because I knew that when I took them out and we put them on the bus to go to school, if they did not have a hat on, the grandmas on the bus would chew me out. And they'd sit there and go, you are such a rotten mother. What do you think you're doing? Look at your children. They're going to freeze to death. And and on the Internet, I actually found a picture of a Russian grandma on a bus. So that is what it was like every day worrying about what I was going to get chewed about, out about with those Russian grandmas. But that's exactly what the Pharisees were doing. They were standing around and they were thinking, okay, Jesus, what are you doing? And they would pick on him. And so he said, everybody get over here. He went on to them and he said, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted is going to be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If a blind man leads a blind man, both both are going to fall into the pit. What he was saying was, I had planted the vine. The children of Israel were supposed to be mine. And they turned their back on him and he said, they are going to be like a weed and I'm going to pull them out. And I'm planting a new plant. And he said, you Jews and Gentiles, you can all be part of that plant. Let them go their own way. And if they want to just lead you as blind people and drop into a pit, then let it go. But, you know, in the middle of all that, somehow the disciples just didn't get it. So Peter, he speaks up and he says, well, can you explain this to us? And then I just love this. I think Jesus had kind of had it with them that day, and he decides I'm going to make it really clear. So rather bluntly, Jesus replies the next verse. He says, are you still so dull? I mean, we don't expect those kind of things to come out of Jesus, but they do. And then he explains it really clearly in their local language to understand what's going on. And what he wants them to understand is holiness. And that is God's plan, that they would be his holy people and that you're not made holy by following a list of rules, but rather by allowing God to make you clean. So he says, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then comes out of the body? That's a really pretty translation of what the Greek says. Jesus already told them they were really dull. In the Greek, he says, you know, it's not about what you put in your stomach and what comes out in the latrine. That's what he really said. He says, you see, it's the things that come out of your mouth that come from your heart. And those are the things that make you unclean. And he gets to the crux of the matter. And he's saying that what you do with your life and what comes out with your mouth reveals what's going on. In your heart. And the world is supposed to see that we love one another. So he goes on to explain. And he gives us this whole list of things in the next verse. First of all, he says, 
sometimes out of you, you know, it, it starts with evil thoughts. And evil thoughts, that's where it all begins. And the Greek word there for an evil thought actually sounds like the word dialogue. I thought that makes sense. Do you understand what that means? That means that you allow thoughts to develop in your mind and you have a conversation in your mind. And that conversation goes on so long in your mind that it develops and you begin to think things about people. And you begin to believe that you heard things about people because you have fed the conversation. The dialogue has gone on so long that it becomes evil thoughts. Jesus said, that's what comes from your heart. You let it all start up there, and it all starts up there. Look at the brothers. What did they do? They let their evil thoughts of their younger brother foment until they took action. And evil thoughts lead to murder. That's exactly what happened with Joseph and his brothers. The action, let me go out there and let me get rid of that person. And I have literally heard other people say that. Let me get rid of that person and then... It will all be better. Evil thoughts lead to adultery. Adultery does not begin with action. Adultery begins in your mind and your heart. It's why people talk about somebody having an emotional affair. It's because it spends a lot of time in dialogue before anything else ever begins to happen. Evil thoughts and desires lead one to finding self-satisfaction, leading to sexual immorality. And the word here, literally in the Greek, is porneia. And that covers a multitude of things in our day and age. And Jesus was saying, no matter how many rules you follow, how many times you go to church, and how many times you wash your hands, if you are involved in sexual immorality, you are going down the wrong path. And the Greek word had another meaning to the children of Israel. You see, God loved the children of Israel. They were to be his bride. And he said, you have gone and you have prostituted yourself before other gods. It was that heavy of a term. You have given yourself away to someone else. He doesn't care what we look like on Sundays. If we're giving ourselves away to anything else during the week. Those evil thoughts, they lead to stealing because we begin by coveting somebody else's something and we want to go get it. This week in England, we talked to our daughter, Christy. We said, how is it? And she said, well, there's been all this crazy looting. And she said, it's not about any ideology or anything. It's just people want stuff. People want 55-inch plasma TVs. We may as well go just steal one. And it all begins in our minds and we covet and we go and we take actions against it. We also give false testimony. And the Greek word for this is so fascinating. For the word for testimony is martyr. The original martyrs, why we call them martyrs, are because they testified to what they had seen and were willing to die for what they had seen. And so false testimony is a pseudo-martyr or a fake Christian And when the fire comes, they can't stand, for in their heart, they are simply just a fake Christian. And finally, the extreme result is slander. And just a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Chuck preached on the hot topic of homosexuality. And one of the points that he brought up was that God doesn't have a rating scale. Sin is sin. 
And actually, most of the time, in the middle of a list about sexual immorality, you find words about gossip or slander. And this person said to me that God convicted me today about the fact that we think that gossip is okay in the church because it's down here and it's one of those lesser things. And yet God doesn't say that. And he says that this comes out of the heart. Jesus says to us today, I have a new command that I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this all men will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. There's a lady in our church in Moscow. Her name was Paulina. And you may have heard Chuck talk about her before. But Paulina, a little lady who came to know Jesus very late in life. But she struggled with giving him everything. And one day in conversation, the two of us said, Paulina, what is the issue? She said, well, there's two people that have done something so incredibly horrible to me that I will never, ever be able to forgive them. And as a result, Paulina could not find victory in her spiritual walk. And the more that we talked with her about these two people, she finally let us know. We said, you know, maybe you need to go talk to them. She says, well, I can't. They're dead. And she was allowing two dead people to keep her from leading a victorious Christian life because she could not let go of the anger of what they had done. She could not let go. She could not allow God's love to come into that relationship. Chuck and I left for a whole summer, and Chuck had told her, he said, I want you to pray over the summer about whether God can help you to heal that relationship. And to make a long story short, When we got home, she shared with us this incredible victorious testimony about the day she was able to let go of what had developed in her heart and her life in terms of broken relationships. And folks, I'm afraid that today, even here in a church, I'm afraid we may have some broken relationships. Or maybe we have relationships that shouldn't be quite in the condition that they are in. Can the world look at us and say, oh, they must be Christians because they love one another. You see, the enemy wants to destroy whatever could happen in a community of faith. And I want to tell you the quickest place to come in is that he wants to hurt people with relationships. He wants to destroy us at the level of our relationships. And so I know we're running just a couple minutes late, but I would like us to do this here at the end. I've got this little, I don't know if you all got your crackers or not. There are more in baskets, and there are gluten-free ones back in the back. But I would like us to finish up this morning with something called a love feast. You see, in the Bible, they often got together and broke bread with one another. But, you know, to sit at a table and to break bread with one another, we need to be in a good relationship with one another. And maybe we're all in great relationships with one another. But I'm going to tell you, whenever we're working on kind of a tricky topic for a sermon, it seems like the enemy comes in and, and, uh, you know, so Chuck and I had a great fight yesterday. It was wonderful. It wasn't that bad, but you know, 
I just had to chuckle. I thought, here we are, God wanting us to talk about loving one another. And the enemy will come in and bring stupid stuff in that you get upset with one another. And if we let that just go, it will destroy us, family. And you know what? It is a hot topic because we don't like to talk about the fact that within the church family, we can actually let relationships break down. Do I always get it right? No way. I know there are times that I haven't. And I'm sorry for that. So could we just take a couple moments this morning? I want you to take your, your cracker. And I want you to find somebody. It doesn't need to be find somebody you have any problem with. I want you to just find people around you. And I want you to break your bread with them and share it with them. And I want you to tell them something really good about them. I want us to affirm one another in love this morning. And now let me ask you, if there's somebody in here you do have a problem with, could you go and give them a piece of your bread this morning? Could you tell them that you love them? Let's just take a few minutes. They'll wait to come in for the next service. They'll wonder what we're doing. But I want us to do that, and then we'll close in prayer. I think we're going to have a little bit of music playing. And let's just stand. Let's mill around. Find somebody. Give them a piece of bread. Tell them you love them. Tell them what you love about them. And let's let the love of God just share through this sanctuary.